With Darren Till set to take on Derek Brunson in a huge fight for the middleweight division, there's only two men who can come on the call to help preview the action and then also join us on the show to discuss it. The first man who's been absolutely killing it in the game with his incredible event coverage for the Mac Life, nominated for Journalist of the Year at this year's World MMA Awards. It's a pleasure to welcome Oscar Willis back to Submission Radio. Let's give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. But, but joining him is perhaps one of the most polarizing figures in the MMA world. He's got a sassy attitude. He's got a matter of fact nature. He's the white whale of MMA. Does he really ever exist? Will Marvel sign him? Because he's a superhero. He's the super spreader. Facts can be hard to pin down, but we can reveal one thing, and that is Jim Edwards is back on submission radio. And that's a fact, right, Jim? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for the intro. I preferred Oscars, but uh, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> when you get your nomination for uh, Journalist of the Year, Jim, you'll get an upgraded intro. But until then, boys, it's a pleasure having you both. Uh, Oscar, I have to go to you first. Obviously, we're here to talk about Darren Tilvis, Derek Brunson, Paddy Pimblett, Tom Aspinall, and everything British, really, ahead of this UFC card. Uh, but... You did a fantastic job in covering, obviously, Jake Paul versus Tyra Woodley this past weekend. Got to get your thoughts really quickly. If you could describe the whole event slash fiasco in one word, what would it be, mate? In one word, uh, or just give me one sentence. I think uh, I could have had a weekend off in Vegas, maybe drinking at the pub, or I could have been at that show in Cleveland. And I think anyone who knows me knows where I would rather be. Um, so that's how I feel about it. It was great. Uh, it was, uh, it was fine. It was, it was what it was. Was it? What? It was a Tyrone Woodley performance. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, there was a lot of disappointment in, in that performance on that end. Uh, what was the biggest surprise for you of the night? Just quickly. I feel like I know what Honest, you're going to say. Uh, honestly, that Woodley didn't fire more punches. You know, we saw it in the UFC. I really thought that he might be able to, um, overcome that against the guy who was known for YouTubing. That was a surprise to me, especially when he heard him and then continued to not punch him afterwards. I thought he maybe could have just waded in there and knocked him out, but he didn't. And we all lost for it. Yeah. <laughs> did you get, did you get a chance to uh, possibly steal that J Jake Paul robot and take it home with you? Would you be able well, to check it into the flight and just, you know, sneak it through? I took it home with me, but I didn't steal it. He came willingly and we had a great time together. You know, um, he was rough, but thorough. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, speaking of rough and thorough and uh, sex robots, we've got to get your quick thoughts on it as well. I know before we talk about this, like Darren Till fight and stuff, you're someone who's very emotional about things. You're someone who is often animated, <laughs> often has expression in his face, often isn't a serial killer. <laughs> what do you think of what we saw from this, this circus? It left a little bit of... Tastes in people's mouths, much like yourself when you were single. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I um, the, the thing that struck me about this weekend was how normal it felt. We, whenever this was starting out, when we had YouTubers fighting boxers, uh, there was a lot of talk around how disrespectful this was for boxing and how this wasn't a good thing. And now we've kind of moved to a position where we've got some of the kind of, I guess, most, I guess, gratified. MMA media guys kind of covering this as if it's like the the big show in town, and I think that's a that's a really seismic shift. And now everyone kind of accepts it as the new normal. And I don't know. I just I, I just kind of don't really like the whole thing. I'm You'd have really gone to the tough finale, wouldn't you, Jim? You'd have gone to the tough finale. 
I look, I get it. Look, I get it. Like as a media member, you got to go chase where the views are. You got to, you got to go where the interest is. And I'm not denying there's a ton of interest, right? I'm not. I'm not saying that there's not. I was intrigued enough to watch the fight. That and that, you know, that says it. What everyone's thinking, but after the matter of the fact, when we saw what happened, I think. Yeah, it was what it was, exactly what Oscar said. It was spot on. It was Tyron Woodley going there for a massive payday. The Jake Paul show continues. We all seem to be even more sucked in than we were before and um, looking forward to the next one. It's weird because Jake just based most of his shtick on you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing his lines. But no, look, it, it, like I said, like what, what are we expecting next? I, I think it would be hilarious if he made Woodley get the tattoo and and then not fight him again, that would be like... That would be uh, on par for the course, right? Yeah. I mean, there are a few times where Tyron Woodley uh, didn't like me quite a lot, so to see him get a tattoo and not get the second bag would uh, would make me smile a little bit. But look, um, what's next for Jake Paul? And is this actually going to be a thing ongoing? I, I have no idea who's going to fight next. I think Tommy Fury was kind of like muted about, but I don't think that does the numbers that like a UFC champion does. I want to hear from Oscar who he thinks he'll fight next. It depends where he makes Tyron get the, the tattoo. If it's on his lower back, then I'll watch it. But um, <laughs> if it's somewhere else, I'm not so interested. I don't think that fight sells again, really. I think... Um, no way. I just... I don't... I don't know. Although I saw Woodley made two million guaranteed. So I'd probably get... I get a shit tattoos for free, let alone for two million. So I'd probably do it. Just not on my face. Before, beautiful, beautiful just that's the money maker before we move on i mean just i think like i'm happy to see woodley getting paid i mean that's great like we said this earlier him getting this payday is probably the, the ideal scenario but then when you have the fight you have the opportunity you lose the fight you because you can't pull the trigger and then you're accusing jake of like hey you're a coward because you won't take the immediate rematch it's like what what is going on and then jake is like all right get the tattoo and then I'll give you the rematch and Willie's like done. It's like, will you, will you let him spit in your mouth as well? Like if he, if he gives you two rematches, like what's what's going on here? You know, I mean, there's there's a, there's clear paydays and money grabs. And then there's just something like this. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm, not saying I'm not a fan of, of like, you know, the Jake Paul, Logan Paul in boxing. I've, I've just become accustomed to it. But um, I don't have any interest in this rematch whatsoever. Did he agree to the tattoo thing if he lost? What is going the on here? Was already have, there, have yeah. honor? Have men know on it there was a lovely tattoo artist that was in a countdown that flew all the way there for nothing. No one talks about her and the pain that <laughs> her and probably her family went through because she had to go all the way to Cleveland and sit in a hotel room and probably get paid for it and do nothing. No one complains about that. And now this guy's going, oh, maybe I'll do it. The whole thing's ridiculous. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jorge Masvidal or something like that, but the whole thing's ridiculous. I was going to say though, Jim, let's talk, let's talk Darren Till. Before we get into this Darren Till thing, Jim, can we confirm that Darren is the A side going into this Derek Brunson fight? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe that's a fact. Um, <laughs> one, one thing I will say, right, is this is quite a nice segue into this kind of Darren Till conversation because when we saw Tyron Woodley kind of almost, I would say, near his peak, beating kind of Darren Till, getting that black belt, everyone was like, oh, wow, Tyron's going to be really kind of hard to dislodge as a champion. Mm. And then what was it, last kind of Monday night or Sunday night, where, whenever it was, we saw him begging a YouTuber for like a rematch after being beat by a split decision. Like, I, how did we come to this? What happened to that guy? He's, I, I think uh, Sean Sheehan always calls him the ghost of Tyron Woodley. And 
Yeah, he is literally the ghost of Tyrone Woodley, the frozen one, as I coined him on, on Sunday night. And it's it's sort of sad to see, really. But if we're talking about this coming weekend and who's the A-side, I, I don't think you need me to confirm who the A-side is. It, it's Darren Till. And it's if it had been in London and we had this card, it would have been the Darren Till show. But as we'll go on to talk about, there's a fantastic kind of like supporting cast as well. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. We just like hearing you say that's a fact uh, and you didn't yeah. disappoint. Oscar, <laughs> I got to say, man, when, when it comes to Darren Till, like his middle rate run thus far has been a bit shaky, uh, kind of not what people what not what people have hoped or expected probably none more so than Darren but also the UFC but can you think of anyone in recent times who's been more beloved despite his record not necessarily showing it i almost feel like with Darren you ha- he you have to win you have to but he's gotten this far uh, I mean, almost on his social media game to a degree. And maybe that's not fair, but I mean, like, the fanfare that he has doesn't match his record. Can you think of anyone in recent times who's had that much success? Honestly, no. He it's, He's someone of a unique uh, character in that sense because his win over Kelvin is a solid win, but also Kelvin kind of came in fat and stoned for that fight. And then, you know, we got, like, uh, his, his he, he lost to Rob. I mean, it was very close, and mm. most people don't get close with Rob, but he still lost the fight. You know, I was actually uh, over there talking with the guys last night. <laughs> Shout out, Gareth. Um, but I was, I was talking with Darren last night, and I said, is this going to be – when Israel fought Brunson, it was his coming out party. It was the moment that he really point, pointed out that he was the future of the division and I asked Darren if he felt that this could be the same for him and he said yes so I think he is aware that he needs to win but win emphatically like prove that he belongs at the top of the division because at the moment I think despite the personality people are starting to ask questions Mm. and uh, I think he wants to put those to bed so I think he's trying to aim for something impressive. Jim I'm wondering because you've been around Darren um, in and out of the gym back in the day. You guys spent a lot of time around each other. He's only 28 years old, but he's been in the UFC for a long time. We know the weight cut was an issue for him, but Jim, I'm wondering what is a factor that the outsiders may not realize that you think may have impacted his run in the UFC? I think the weight was a huge thing. I think um, we all got a glance into what that weight cut looked like at welterweight when that video kind of leaked out and showed him in the state that he was. And that absolutely was not kind of dramatized. I think um, if you asked him back then, he was struggling to make the weight. I don't think he was probably doing things as professionally as maybe some kind of professional athletes do, especially when you're trying to cut that much weight. And that probably affected his his kind of performance but it what's weird is like him kind of smartening his ways up in in his kind of weight cut onto that title fight that he had in dallas well he had like the best camp of his life as they always say and he actually did it really really well he went out to vegas had a chef with him prepared amazingly for that fight and then obviously after that we've kind of made that move up to middleweight i think now the, the kind of big difference with till is that he's no longer kind of focused on a weight the, the big fight for him, as people always say, was the kind of scales. And I just the relief on his face, if you go back and watch that fight week of him, everything, all we were talking about was, is he going to hit 170? Can he do it? Can he make the weight? And when he kind of did make weight, it was almost kind of like the biggest relief ever that he kind of got that out of the way. And it kind of distracted him from the fight, I think. Now he's making 185. He's, pretty, he's a natural kind of like middleweight. His frame's kind of growing into it. He's been doing a lot more strength and conditioning. I think even before his title fight, he had never done any type of strength and conditioning like professionally with someone helping him out doing that, which is to me just feels crazy. 
now he's kind of set in that routine. He's got his conducts in a row in terms of his diet, his training. He's at the right weight. I think now we should start to see it. Like, like Oscar was saying, we're kind of waiting for that next big performance. But now is when he should be, we should be starting to see the kind of fruits of the labour of that and see the benefits of having all those preparations incorrect in, in the kind of correct order and the correct place ahead of the fight. And just on that, Oscar, you had a really good chat with Darren Till that just came out recently. And I really encourage everybody to go out there and check it out before this fight happens. What's one thing about Darren Till, Oscar, that you would say that people don't really realize? I think a lot of people have this sort of set notion about him that he's a bit of a larrikin, a bit of a lad, a bit of a person that has a bit of fun and, you know, is a certain type of personality. But what's something that you think would surprise people if they really knew it about Darren Till? See, it's hard to say what would surprise people because he is one of the most open books in the business. Mm. I think, uh, and we, we spoke about it so many times, so I don't want to like belabor the point. Um, but following on from what Jim said, he was eating when I got there and he was eating a massive plate of food, like not something you would expect from someone cutting weight. And I said to him, it's Monday of fight week. Aren't you meant to be blind by now? Because mm -hmm. he was blind in his wake up. The, the world's weight one. And he said, yeah, I know. He's like, back then, you, people don't understand how little energy I have. So I think that combined with, so how much the weight really did fuck him. And then I think also, he is very driven. Like, he, he's a bit of a character. He's a bit of a lad. But I think he really does want to achieve stuff in this sport. I think he, he, he sort of... I wonder if his career will turn out like Bisping, where he, he tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed before he eventually made it to the top. I think he has that uh, internal durability, that doggedness to to just pursue uh, the top until he could no longer get there. And I think um, I'm curious to see if that will continue to shine, if the downs will always be met by him coming up afterwards. And I wonder, like, it's funny because uh, Darren's this guy where, like, the champion wants him to win. The champion's like, come on, yeah. you can do it. Please win. The UFC have the same attitude. The fans have the same attitude. Like, everybody wants to see him win. I almost feel like Derek Brunson, a small part of him, is like, come on, <laughs> come on, Darren. We, I want you to win as well. Do you feel like this is one of his – is this the last chance for him to fight Israel Adesanya? I'm trying to think, like, timeline-wise, you know, if, if this fight happens and then Rob and uh, Israel fight. Like, if Darren – can't win here he's going to get to this ridiculous point where you know if you're coming off whatever three four losses in a row and then you get one win it's going to be a little bit ridiculous to try and justify like well he finally did it now he'll give him the title shot so i think he needs to do something impressive here do you feel like that that future israel fight is kind of hanging in the balance before israel probably eventually goes back to light heavyweight gym no, no, I don't. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> a plus side. For all the reasons we just talked about, I think like Oscar gave you the brilliant example of Bisping, right? He he kind of was so close to getting that title shot so many times in his career, and the fact that he just had one of the, the he you know he had charisma, right? He hung around the game long enough to kind of get his get his piece of luck, and that was. Weidman kind of like falling out of that title fight and mm. just kind of slotting in there. Like some, sometimes timing's everything. Um, personally, you, I, you know, it's not in there, Jim. Yeah, like <laughs> I think timing is everything, though. And I think um, Till will be, he, he's just got enough interest along with him. And is like you guys were saying a minute ago, you know, he's still incredibly young. He's still got time in this game. And I just don't think, like, even if he lost this Saturday, I still think there's. There's still, uh, you know, there's still a few chapters to be written in his career, and I just wouldn't be surprised if he got a title shot later on. Whether it's against Adesanya, it's probably more sits with Adesanya, whether he stays at middleweight or 
you know, he goes up to light heavyweight or whatever again and just kind of stays there. I think it's more on the Adesanya that kind of decides that. I think Darren Till will get another UFC title shot before he's done, though. Wait, but Oscar, do you think there's a chance that Darren Till will be able to somehow sneak into a title shot before Robert Whitaker has this rematch with Israel? Because you'd imagine if Rob does beat Israel, that Darren Till title shot is basically out the window for a certain period of time. Uh, in fact, actually, I would go as far as to say that I think despite uh, Israel always wanting Darren to get the title shot, this fight has come at the worst possible time for Darren to get that. We're going to wait until probably January or February before Rob and Israel fight, which means you have Marvin and Paulo. They're going to fight. So that one of those guys could potentially get it. Jared Cannonier just had an excellent performance against Kelvin. I feel like Darren has had this sort of credit with the champion and in this division for a while. And now if he had beaten Marvin when he had to pull out with the collarbone, if he had beaten Marvin, he would 100% be fighting Israel for the title. I think now the division's kind of more murky than it has been. I could see the UFC saying, right, Israel and Rob, and in the undercard or around the same time, Darren Jared for the for the for the next title contender. I don't think Darren winning is a is a certainty for him to get a title shot right now. Mm, interesting. And also, just if we're looking at sort of early looks, how many problems do you think Darren uh, poses to Israel? Do you think that's a winnable fight for him, Jim? Uh, it's, it's incredibly hard for me to say. I, th I think it's um, because you don't want Darren to say that no. <laughs> no one watches this, Jim. Don't worry. <laughs> We're not sending it to him directly after it comes out. Look, <laughs> if you if you put a gun to my head and ask me who do you favour going into that fight, I'd say I'd say I go with the champion, right? I think Adesanya is the guy to be, and I think if you put two strikers in there, I've seen enough to 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 show me that Adesanya, when it's a striking a striking matchup, he he can pretty much just beat everyone out there. That's not to say I think Till's got a few things in his in his kind of locker that could pose him a few problems. And I think when you when you have two guys like this, I, I would imagine it would be something like the Anderson Silva Adesanya fight, where it was just like pure respect between two just complete dons of the kind of like the striking arts. Mm. I think it would be a bit closer though. And I think Till, you know, he, he has got the weapons that could hurt Adesanya. I just I would have to side with the champion though. I think it would be a good fight, and I think the shit talk before would be really interesting. And like, if we just go back, circle back on that conversation we were just talking about, who's who's after Rob? You talk about Jared Cannonier. You you talk about maybe the likes of Sean Strickland even getting that title shot. There's a few people in there, but I don't think anything sells as much. What as about Till Luke Rockhold? Sean Sean Strickland hasn't fought Luke Rockhold yet, Jim. I got a feeling Sean Strickland's going to win, but I'm talking about the the run that he's on. I look, I, I just look at the other contenders outside of Robert Whittaker, and I think that Till Adesanya is the biggest fight in the division outside of that. And I think a win probably gets him very close to the title shot. As Oscar says, though, the timing could be a little bit off. Oscar, let's not get ahead of ourselves here because Brunson is still in the way this weekend. And obviously Brunson's had a bit of a career resurgence himself. Um, his striking may not be on the same level as Darren, but he'll be using his wrestling to try and exploit some of Darren's old holes in his game. Uh, what are you expecting from this fight, and who do you actually think is going to win it? Uh, it's an interesting one, right? Because I feel like Darren has shown us a lot throughout his career, but also there's so many questions. It reminds me, I know everyone always says this, but it reminds me of Connor where he fought for ages and everyone still had like, well, could he do this? Could he do that? I thought Darren's takedown defense in the Whitaker fight was very, very impressive. And he did that with a, a torn ACL. 
I think he's got great takedown defense. That said, Brunson's probably a better wrestler than Rob, so it's kind of going to be on Brunson. Can he? I, I could see the first couple of rounds being grinding affairs where Brunson manages to sort of negate the striking, and it might look a little bit like the Kevin Holland fight. But I do think Darren has more skills in that area than Kevin did at that time. I know he's been training a lot. but um, So I am leaning towards Darren. I'm reminded of the Israel fight where Israel really didn't get touched by by Brunson and it was really one-sided. I don't think it'll be quite as one-sided as that or as flashy as that, but I think now is the moment where we find out sort of for certain what level Darren Till is currently at. Mm. And if Derek Brunson can get it done, man, he's putting together a really nice streak on his way to obviously he wants to fight Israel again. Jim, what do you think? How do you see it playing out? Well, Oscar's not wrong. Till has got good takedown defense. It's actually 82%. So if we're talking like, <laughs> look that one up. Um, <laughs> look, if, um, if Till can stuff four out of like every fifth takedown, I think, you know, that's going to get Brunson in the space that he was in against in the Adesanya fight, right? He tried for a few takedowns, didn't get them, panicked and kind of got taken apart on the feet. Now, that that's the kind of old Derek Brunson, right? The kind of pre-Sanford MMA Derek Brunson. And ever since he's kind of joined up with Henry Hooft, his striking seems to be a bit more put together in terms of him looking for those takedowns. So he's dangerous. He, he's, he's a really, really dangerous fight for Till. You, you look at some of the opponents Till's had in the past as well. We've never really had someone who's so focused on getting the takedown and holding him there for kind of like 25 minutes. That's never really kind of been a thing. So it's a huge, huge test for him. But again, you guys putting a gun to my head. I, I, I see it kind of playing out a bit like the Adesanya fight. I think Till's takedown defense is incredibly, incredibly good. Go back to the Woodley fight. And yes, Till got very soundly beaten. He got absolutely destroyed. But look like how hard Woodley, who is, uh, you know, at, at the time, very, very, very accomplished in that area, had no chance getting him down to the mat. And you go and look at several of his other fights. He's pretty much impossible to take down. And he's got very, very good wrestling coaches at Team Carbon. I just see it going the way I said. I think Brunson gets frustrated and I think he eventually gets picked apart. But yeah, Brunson's live. He's a live underdog live and speaking of being alive you know what makes me feel alive is being able to enjoy copious amounts of cereal without having to worry about the carbs the sugar the love handles and that horrible feeling afterwards enter magic spoon the game changers will help you enjoy your cereal guilt-free once again Cass, when i was growing up and i was going to school i was going to university i loved eating cereal i enjoyed it so much i would go through the cereal aisles i'd pick out all different flavors and that would be a highlight for me every single day i also love doing the little games on the back of the boxes magic spoon brings you a cereal that you can enjoy even with the goodness look at this little maze at the back all the goodness that you enjoyed as a child magic spoon brings that into your life once again. Yeah, that's right. But they do it without all the sugar and crap that you get in regular cereal. With Magic Spoon, you get zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Also, only 140 calories. So they've got their best-selling delicious flavors, which are very familiar to anybody who's been eating cereal. You've got Cocoa Fruity Frosted and Peanut Buddy. They come in the, uh, the variety pack. And they also have other 
incredibly fun flavors such as cookies and cream, maple waffle, cinnamon, and blueberry. What? More fun than regular cereal, less sugar, zero grams of sugar. Uh, it's healthy yet delicious. It tastes exactly like the regular cereal from your childhood. Uh, it's also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. So you can go back to that childhood fun of waking up and smashing cereal. And like Dennis said, zero guilt. Uh, click the link below to grab that variety pack. Try it today. Use the promo code SUBMISSION at the checkout and get five bucks off any order or go to magicspoon.com forward slash Submission. A magic spoon is so confident in their product that it's back with a hundred percent happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked, and they'll let you do the maze on the back uh, regardless. You can still do that. That's yours. Click the link below. Use the code submission and get you five bucks off. Save five dollars today. Also, while we're helping you save money, if you want to become a legend or a champion or a goat, you can't go past the champions at Manscaped with the Lawnmower 4.0, the greatest, greatest grooming tool on the market. Don't make your balls look like a Nate Diaz fight, uh, all bloody and cut up. Make them nice and smooth with the skin safe technology, the 7000 RPM motor the LED light, the waterproofness, so you can do it in the shower. I know I like to shave, you know, quickly in the shower before work. I'm a kind of on the move kind of guy and you can be too. Uh, they've got their performance package 4.0, which comes with the lawnmower, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, which is great. The crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts, which are the box of briefs and the shed travel bag. Everything down there, your beans, your junk will smell so good. Your partners will be begging you to get them in a triangle choke and they'll even say thank you afterwards. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. I mean, just for example, the other day, like I needed to trim some stuff downtown. Mm. And uh, the annoying thing is with the old trimmers, you know, you'd have to charge it for ages mm. and then you can use it. So back in the day, I'd always pick it up. And how bad is it when you try and use it and it dies halfway through and you just got like half a thing down there with blood going everywhere with Manscaped. I literally pick, I charged it once. I keep picking it up. That thing is always charged and ready to go. So that saves you time. And right now, time is money and convenience is so important. So use that code word submission, get 20% off and free shipping today and bring some Manscaped into your life. But Jim, you mentioned how there's a good supporting cast on this card. And Oscar, I want to get your thoughts on Patty Pimblett. Obviously, a couple of Cage Warriors stars on this card. Patty is going to have his big UFC debut. Oscar, what are you expecting from this? first moment that Patty walks into the octagon and this debut, how big do you actually think it could be? Um, man, he, he really got screwed by there being no fans. I think if he had come out in London, the, re the reception would have been insane. And, uh, you know, he's going to come out with his hair and he's going to do his, you know, his bobbing along to the music and stuff, which is very charming. But if he had done that in front of a crowd, it would have been it would have been amazing, right? So I think he's been kind of screwed by that. He's not going to get the the platform to explode off that he perhaps wanted. I do think he will win pretty... I, I think he'll show that he's a good fighter. Uh, I think he'll win by submission in the first round. I think he'll grab the microphone and make the best use of that time, especially if Bisping's on the commentary, actually. I don't know who is on the commentary, but if Bisping's the one doing the in-cage interviews with all these English guys, that's, that's gold too. But I, I think it's going to be... The, the putting the flag in, I'm in the UFC now, I'm a UFC caliber fighter, but the next one, when he has fans, will be the moment he can 
potentially be this star we've been talking about for so long. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Jim, what do you think as far as his ceiling? I know we were kind of talking about it, uh, you know, privately here and there, like, you know, Paddy Pimblett, obviously he's such a fun character, but then there's there's often people who come into the UFC and it really is a question of can they live up to their regional days? And obviously Paddy, you know, not without his setbacks, even in the regional uh, days as well. But what do you think he can do sort of in the, the UFC's lightweight division? Yeah, like... It's it's very, very hard to tell, right? Paddy Pimlet's been in the spotlight here in the UK since a very, very kind of young age. And in Cage Warriors, he's always kind of been put on this pedestal as kind of like the next big thing, whether it's at featherweight and now kind of at lightweight. And he's he's been he's been caught out a few times with the guys that are kind of good in terms of wrestling heavy, his striking, I I think has improved immensely in the last few years, but I think you know, against an accomplished striker, I think he would struggle as well. So against a wrestler with a really heavy, like top game, I think he'd struggle against someone who's got a very, very well-rounded striking game. I think he gets him up like a lot of situations. But I mean, it's it's tough to say what a ceiling is because he's still so young. I think he can hang around in the UFC. I think he's kind of got that charisma that will, will kind of keep him in the game like long enough. But in the UFC, you, you really kind of have to do put some wins together at some point. The, the the really interesting kind of juxtaposition is kind of like Jack Shaw, the other kind of uh, Welshman who's on the card. He's unbeaten in 25 fights, 11 at amateur, 14 as a pro, several fights already in the UFC. But no one's kind of like talking about Jack because he's kind of like under the radar, getting all of, all of his experience. Again, another former Cage Warriors champion. And just kind of building that resume kind of outside of the spotlight. Paddy doesn't have that luxury. He's in it right away. He's going to be put under the spotlight. If he wins on Saturday, I imagine he's going to kind of go up the kind of pecking order like pretty damn quickly as well. I just hope that the UFC don't chuck him to the wolves like really quickly. I think he's got a winnable fight on Saturday. I don't think Luigi Benjamini's ever lost by submission, which kind of is a bit of a, a red flag to me. He's also had a, quite a few wins by KO as well. So he's obviously I mean, got some I don't know who he is. Jim. You're shaming my prediction. I didn't know who he was. I just went. <laughs> okay, right, don't need to air me like that. <laughs> I just think they need to be careful with him. That's his ceiling as a superstar at the moment is much higher than I think his ability and his ability is always catching up. He's always way ahead of himself. Like he's always ahead of himself because everyone is so interested in him. He's a, an amazing character, a really nice guy, but the UFC really got to kind of treat him well in order to kind of get him up, get him up those rankings, but in the right way, a bit like they're doing with Jack Shaw. Do you think that if they put him on this UFC 267 card that he wants to get on, that's a good idea? Or do you think they should sort of slow things down a little? slow things down like massively like there's, there's no point he's still like, he's still super young he's ever improving he he needs to go and see what this is all about like i think he's been to a few ufc cards scoring molly mccann again another person who's on the card this weekend he's kind of seen what the big show's all about but i would imagine having never done it myself surprisingly that um <laughs> it's pretty different when, <laughs> when when you're in fight week and you're the guy that's kind of getting locked in the octagon um you know i think it's uh it's great to see he's got those ambitions he's hungry he's fearless but um sometimes these fighters need to be kind of protected from themselves and I'm, I'm sure his coach would be kind of like looking at that and thinking let's slow it down a bit let's see what happens on saturday yeah mate i don't i just don't think he's in the same mold as like a um a chim or anything like that yet 
Uh, who who is uh, in the same mold as Chimaev? Um, just quickly, we got to mention another man that you spoke to the other day. Another man uh, on the card who was in uh, part of Cage Warriors uh, is Tom Aspinall, who's obviously fighting Sergey Spivak. Uh, Oscar, you had the pleasure of uh, being around Tom and Darren in the same house. Jesus Christ, what a what a situation that would have been. What's your gauge on Tom, man? I still think his best performance was post-fight after his last fight when he absolutely rinsed Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom, uh, dude, Tom is ridiculously relaxed. And I think with that comes an air of confidence. Uh, we, were, we were speaking and he said, I, I said, you know, you never, you always say how, how he wants to take the Jack Shaw route. He wants to take his time, get the minutes in the cage. You know, MMA doesn't have a big amateur sport. You know, you get three amateur fights and then you're in the professionals. He wants to take his time and get his minutes up and make sure when he gets to that top level, he's good. But he did say, but of course I think about those guys, but I, I'm not fighting them until I, I know within myself, within my skills that I can beat them. I think he's really good. Um, ironically enough, Sergey Spivak is actually very tough. So I don't... It, it's kind of a weird clash of styles. I think it might be a hard, harder night out for Tom than we might have thought. But he, I think he really, everything about him has the air of the next generation of heavyweight. And I'm excited to see him progress. Well, it's going to be an exciting weekend coming up. And guys, you guys can follow Jim at MMA underscore Jim. And of course, follow Oscar's amazing coverage at Oscar Willis. He's got this new chat with Darren Till, which is an absolute must. And just a couple of things, Oscar, that people need to look out for during this fight week um, on the old channel. Yeah, so we have, well, I'm going to Dana White Contender Series tonight to, to you know, save and cultivate the future of this sport. You know, that's really ah. something I care about a lot. Uh, and then tomorrow it will be media day with all the the stars from this the stars from this weekend's show. And then weigh-ins on Friday, fight night. Well, fight night as well is like at 9 a.m. local time in Vegas. So make sure you don't miss it because it's, like, who the fuck am I? I sound like I work for the UFC now. But yeah, it's on early. So <laughs> you can tune in early. And if you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you didn't know, now you know that Oscar is nominated for the Fighters Only MMA World Awards. Um, and you guys have to go on there and vote for him. What an incredible year of coverage and content. And Oscar, even if you don't win that award, you win our award. So congratulations on an incredible year. And Jim, you win our award for, you know, coming on the show and um, talking and stuff. Guys, make sure to check out UFC this weekend. We love you, Jim. Follow, follow the guys. Thank, we're out. <laughs>